Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Hi, my name is Brenda Lowe. I am a relationship based professional development lead here at the Center for Inclusive Childcare. I help support a team of coaches across Minnesota. And I am pleased to have with me here today our guest, Dana Ellingson. She is one of our coaches here at Center for Inclusive Child Care, where she supports providers, children's, and children and their families at various child care locations across Minnesota and especially the metro. Dana also is an education coordinator for a family-owned business, and you might have heard or seen her name because she has been doing numerous early childhood trainings um, across the metro for many, many years. Dana, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me, and again, for this part two um, of talking about something that's near and dear to my heart and uh, that is involved in my life every day, which is let's get outside and play. Let's strengthen our outside environment. Uh, let's bring inside out. Yes. In session one, we talked, we we started talking about outdoor play and safety, extending the classroom outside, and considerations for outdoor play and safety. That included some of the challenges. So if you haven't had a chance for those of you that are listening, you might want to check out that podcast one. And now today, um, we're going to move into our second podcast, which is Staying Safe Outdoors, where we're going to piggyback on some of those challenges and move into some of our benefits and also talking about the educator's role in all of this. So, Dana, do you have a quote today for us? So, um, I do. It it extends from the very first uh, episode that we did here um, on how much time do we spend outside, right? How much time are children um, spending outside? And what I did was uh, we talked about the National Wildlife Foundation's estimates. And today I want to highlight Angela Hanscom, uh, author of Barefoot and Balanced. Angela Hanscom, she shares the statistic that we are now estimating four to seven minutes outside, which is an average of maybe 30 minutes a week. So this begs the question, right? It begs the question, what's stopping us? And we've talked about some of those challenges, but a little spin on it. What are the benefits? Maybe the benefits will help us overcome those challenges. And we'll also touch on some safety things, but those benefits, if you don't mind me jumping right in, because the benefits actually reduced my stress as an educator. When I thought about what are some of the things that are stressful inside or things that I'm redirecting children to do, to do outside that I want to make sure I touch on when we get outside. Number one thing, musical instruments. Ooh, do tell. <laughs> I I think I know where you're going with this, but I want to hear more about this. Yes. So um, if you've ever sat in a classroom and you've had the wonderful idea of bringing out musical instruments, or maybe you always have them out, when the children really have that interest for that one musical instrument, or maybe five (laughs) that I have, because I have quite a bit of sensitivity to sensory um, sound, I like to bring those materials outside. I want to make sure that we have access to all of our musical instruments. I keep those lower full body sounding instruments inside, but I bring the higher pitch instruments outside or a grouping of instruments. And so let's bring music outside. 
Let's get it outside. Not only can I have access to more materials as an educator, as a child, but I'm going to play around with move, movement and dancing and different styles of dancing and different cultures of the children in my program of what they do at home for music. So Great. bring music outside. That's a great idea because I know there is, uh, I've spoken to a lot of early childhood educators over the years where their classroom is too small or right next door to the infant classroom or for whatever reason, they struggle with playing, having the music available and playing those instruments. And so bringing it outdoor is um, a great idea. Um, What are some other bringing the classroom outdoor ideas where we can still be safe? Right. Well, I mentioned the things that we um, we put on that uh, rule safety hat right inside the classroom. And we say, oh, we can't run inside, but we can run outside. Uh, oh, we can't jump off that shelf, <laughs> but we can jump off the play system outside. Um, whenever we're, I say that to myself, we can't. Right. Or I have that feeling of we can't, but maybe outside we can I make sure I follow through. Um, with that that idea. And so when I get outside, I bring back those mental notes of, that's right, so-and-so really needed to run today. So let's yeah. make sure we do some, maybe a running game, I prompt a running game. Or so-and-so was climbing up the shelf again. Let's make sure we get on the climber, right? Does that look like me getting up there or encouraging children to get up there? Um, oh, so-and-so wanted to throw that that toy again. And I reminded them, here's some toys that we can throw inside. And maybe we could bring that outside to throw it outside. I'm going to bring that with me. So you're establishing trust by following through uh, with what you're saying to them out on the playground, because what's going to happen then is the next time you're inside and you say, okay, wait, now we will be throwing that outside. Let's throw this instead. They're actually, they're going to trust that. I know Miss Stana is going to follow through and we're actually going to do this once we get outside. Brilliant idea. So um, a behavior guidance technique, right, but also relationship building technique, bringing that material, even having a box, like here's our outside box. Do you want to put it in the outside box for when we go outside, right? And so I can physically remove that item for going outside with it, or the child can say, well, no, I'll, I'll play with it this way here. Okay, great. So they have an option. They can play with the way that it was intended inside, or they can put it in the box for a different way to play with it outside. Um, another thought is, assisting children in um, drinking from a cup. One simple mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm. So you picture that toddler, right? You picture that toddler who's got already that already in my mind. <laughs> they have it in their hand and they bend over to grab whatever it is that's on the ground. And what happens to that water, right? All spills and, everywhere. And the confusion on their face. What on earth, right? So I can offer um, outside drinking water for a child to be able to push the nozzle, working on fine motor skills, fill up the cup, learn up how full can I fill it? Oh, it overflowed. What happened there? Uh, and then I can also practice drinking out of that cup. Wow named off so many different developmental milestones just in that one activity right there. Right. And I think that's kind of the key. We had to start noticing those moments, right? Um, that will help us in our educational role, knowing when children are learning. So do I see drinking from a cup outside and having access to water and pushing that button on their own, not me having the control of pushing it for them, uh, relieving some of that that feeling of I don't want the water to overflow because I don't want there to be a mess to go it is water it will dry and it's going to be okay to let this child learn and explore and I'm being the best educator I possibly can, can be from what we know in research is the child can explore and learn mm-hmm. they and are a little scientist right 
Exactly. And the bonus is that everything you've listed off is also free as well. Like this is all stuff that we have access to already in our, we're not having to go to the store and purchase anything special or additional to make this happen in our outdoor learning environments. Absolutely. And I I do want to, I've noted this here to talk about that outdoor is free. There's so many materials outside to look. Now there are a little bit of costs though, right? Let's go back to safety. I've got sunscreen. I'm going to make sure that I'm keeping these children prepared. I'm going to look at bug spray, right? Is that a cost? I'm going to make sure that um, parents supply and bring. Can I look into thinking in my budget that maybe not everybody can afford to continue to bring very expensive bug spray and sunscreen, right? Um, And then also applying it looking at the, the the bottle for when do I need to apply this to be effective. If I'm putting it on outside, I'm probably not following the instructions on the material um, that I'm using. It mm-hmm. says 15 to 20 minutes. So again, a challenge. However, it gets us outside when it's part of our routine. I've kind of got off track like I usually do, right? But it, it all ties in. So yes, it's it free. It all ties in. But we also want to um, leave space for understanding that there are costs still, but there is so much free materials outside for children to start learning and loving and being part of. Yeah, it all does tie in together. I wonder our listeners out there, if they can think of some of the materials that they have in their own possession at home, um, whether it's an item that they frequently use, such as magnetiles or something that's um, not used as much, if bringing it outdoors would make a difference. I'm glad you brought up materials again, because I also wanted to talk about um, the use of loose parts. Loose parts. So materials that um, not, don't necessarily have a use anymore. Um, they're a loose item, um, but it's something that a child can c- be creative with and create. That's one way that we maintain um, safety in our program is by offering loose parts because it increases engagement. Another thing to consider is when children aren't engaged, we see um, an increase of behaviors. When I offer a new material that doesn't have a closed-ended um, use, meaning I don't just push the button and the little person pops up, that's the end use. It's a material that I can weave, that I can um, put on a string, uh, put together, it, it adheres together. Mm-hmm. Um, I can use some glue or tape or something to put it together. Uh, we use loose parts boxes in our program that we rotate and pull out to increase engagement and get it excited. And challenge. Yeah. And and challenge. Yeah. Uh, And so of course, okay, well, where's the, where's the money going to come for that? Well, the great thing is loose parts can be many different things that you find in your recycling bin. The children cut out paper. They're done with the paper. It goes in a recycling bin. I'm going to take those loose recycling um, bits and bring them out for loose parts the next day. I'm going to write a letter to the parents and say, hey, anybody have any newspapers or um, magazines or uh, paper towel rolls or other random things? Um, We can get you a list um, or uh, someone can reach out to me. I don't know if my information will be given, but reach out to me. I'll give you a long list of loose parts that you can start putting together that are low cost or donated from, from programs or families. Well, that's a great way to have families be involved too in the educational process is being able to have the opportunity to donate items. I know that when I was an early childhood educator, my parents loved, like if they couldn't spend the time in the classroom with me, they wanted to be able to donate those items. And I even had a grandma who would go out garage sailing and she would find bits and parts, um, 
and I could always use them, whether it was something that I made a sensory table outside or, um, or I used it inside, whatever the case it was, it was used and it was appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, uh, safety flag comes up when I think about when we do have noted items to make sure that we're scanning for any loose or broken parts because we can't have items that are loose or broken. We want to make sure we remove those. I'm thinking about um, what year was this uh, um, item donated, created? If it's a toy of sorts, does it have um, paint that's falling off and could it be lead-based paint? So there's some things that we'll want to consider and you can go back to um, checking in with us, asking CICC if we have uh, um, ideas of what to look for. You could go ahead and email us or um, you can ask a, a coach to come out and, and work with you on your outdoor space. You can also contact your licensor, which is a, a number one person that you should be seeking out for those questions about safety. Um, but that was a thought that I had when you mentioned about donating items, always scanning those items that do come in for safety, of course, but it builds a sense of community. Like you yeah, mentioned, it builds a sense of community and people can be involved. And that's what I love about donated items as well. Thank you, Dana. You know, I was also thinking too, I know you and I had talked once upon a time about when we are challenging children and, you know, using those loose parts, as you call it, might be a good opportunity to create a what would happen if scenario with children outdoors. Like what would happen if we raced the car in water versus sand? That's predictions. It's math. It's science. It's or if it's not science, we can make it science. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm just thinking off the fly here. Yeah, you know th- what? What that brings up to me is the the idea. Um, I think it's Emilio Reggio um, theory of practice, which is there's three teachers. There's a third teacher. There's the adults, that's us, our role, right? Um, Maybe one adult, uh, the children themselves. So teaching one another uh, back and forth. And then there's the environment. And the the environment can be such a a tool as well. So when I think about that environment, I go back to me, the role, what questions am I asking, right? What ideas am I proposing? um, What is my balance of letting children explore and me not interrupting, right? That that Mm -hmm. That train of thought. And then what, where is there a time where I can um, uh, look at some behaviors and go, they might need me right now. This child needs me to, to scaffold some learning and get them onto a new track, like asking that question. Like, I noticed you were throwing that that car across the, the yard. I wonder what happened if, <laughs> right? I picked up that car and we rolled it through the sand. What tracks would it make? Um, so that wondering also, oh my goodness. Now, Brenda, we're just jumping into so many other yeah, ideas yeah, for yeah, conversations. Yeah. <laughs> but the wondering. The wondering and the wonderment and the curiosity that connects to that learning, right? And and as we're connecting to learning and we're engaging, we're also decreasing safety concerns. Yes. And then when children are involved, we know that they are less likely to be doing some of those unwanted challenging behaviors that we get calls often about. And and. We're speaking quite easily about how wonderful it looks, and we know it's challenging, too. We know it can be really challenging um, to be in the moment of supporting children um, and having so many children outside. And I talked about this last night at a uh, safety training. Um, Knowing your child is really, really important, too. Knowing each child individually. Understanding um, what they can, can't do, or what uh, they can't do yet, right, I like to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And so do I know each child so I can position myself best 
inside that space. Um, I have some school age or if you're doing mixed age groups, I've got some school agers that are giggling over in the corner. I might get myself a little closer over there and explore what the conversations are. And if I need to help scaffold some of that conversation yep. um, to uh, more learning based to where we want it to go. And then meanwhile, I, I hear some some struggle over in the sand area with my toddlers, I might start shifting myself this way. Or maybe I bring my school agers over to start learning about those cars um, as I go help my toddlers so that the giggling doesn't start turning into something else. Yeah, so you're actively supervising at all times. And at the same time, you're also keeping a, a, your eye on that child that you know um, struggles with more of the heat. For example, here in Minnesota, we've had a heat wave this week. And so I know that one or two or three of my children struggle a little bit more with heat and they are going to be needing more water. So I have to keep an eye on that. Or I know that one of my children over here has asthma and they will keep going and going and going and going and going. And I have to keep an eye on that as I'm actively supervising that sandbox and those school agers. It's like having eyes in the back of your head. Reminds me of access to water, right? Always having access to water, encouraging water. We, we typically do access to water in our own program. And now this, because of the heat this week, we've encouraged just break times. Come on over and get a drink of water for those that don't go to grab their own water to make sure that they're hydrated. Yeah, so many, so many safety things to consider. Um, however, so much uh, increased joy, wonderment, curiosity, um, and learning going on if we just get ourselves out step by step. Take two more minutes outside. Take three more minutes outside. I might shock you by saying some programs, including our own, get out at 8.30 in the morning. We don't come in till 12. Yeah. Right? We get back outside at 3.30 and then families pick up. And what a great way to be able to feel like we can see parents more, right, when we're outside because of the restrictions or the recommendations that we have right now with covid um, we can see more families coming up the drive and have that community involvement as well, getting outside. Dana, you know, you've brought me back to my own childhood. Thank you so much for being with us today. I think back to when I was younger, I didn't want to come inside. <laughs> I stayed outside until the old saying was until the streetlights came on. And uh, you just brought me back to that, just the wonder and the excitement and the learning that happens. Well, thank you so much for being with us. I had a great time and I look forward to doing another podcast with you. That sounds amazing. I would love to do it. Thank you so much for having me. And Remember, there's no bad weather, just bad clothing. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.